so much for coming out to church today. Man, a big welcome to you folks that are joining us online. Man, a special shout out to the moms here. Man, we just bless you. We bless you, whether you're in the building or you're watching online. Man, we have so many moms and so many kids in Destiny Church. And, and, and man, such a blessing. The kids have such a great time in our children's church. And, and boy, we just, uh, our, our kids, man, I, I just declare they are all spiritual giants. Man, uh, sons and daughters of the Most High God, victors and never victims. Boy, that's our kids here at Destiny. But man, thanks, moms. Uh, boy, be honored today. Um, hey, I got a couple guarantees as we start out here. First one is when we worship, why Jesus Christ is going to be here, tangibly, his presence. That's the first one. Well, the second one is, you know, just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus went about doing good, healing all. I said healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. So for everybody that participates in this service today, boy, the ball's in our court. We can receive whatever you've been believing God for. We can receive it. Man, today's your day. Let me say it again. Today's your day. We're not excited enough about that. I got a lot of things I'm believing for, and I'm expecting today. So would you stand up with me as we prepare to worship? Man, just join me as I make this declaration. In Jesus' name, I just declare everyone participating in this worship service is going to experience a permanent positive change in Jesus' name. Well, let's worship. There's a tangible presence of Jesus Christ here right now. Receive. The ball's in your court. Man, receive. When we was doing worship today, I, I, I was thinking about this, uh, this fellow in the Bible, Caleb, and uh, he's going into the promised land. You're living in your promised land right now. And Caleb, he had picked out a mountain in the promised land that he claimed for his. He, he was a cattle farmer. The mountain was the prime spot. And so, but just like now, there's always a million excuses it wasn't the right time. Caleb was 85 years old now. Nobody else believed he could do that. And it was full of giants. But that was his mountain. And he took that mountain and he killed all the giants. You know, the giants we face in life are not, are not people. They're, they're, they're sickness, they're poverty, they're, 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 they're discouragement, they're, they're low self-esteem, grief, sorrow. That, that's the giants we face in life. But the best part of that story of Caleb, he... When he went to heaven, he passed that mountain on to his four daughters. But you know what he didn't pass on? The giants, because he had killed them all. The giants you kill in life, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will never deal with. And I'm here today to tell you in Jesus' name that you can do it. That you can kill giants. Whatever it is you're facing, the power of Jesus Christ is available to you right now to kill any giant in life. And your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and on will never deal with those giants. So I'm glad you came to church today. We're going to move on with this service because we've got an awesome video. So why don't you greet your neighbor... And then we'll watch that.
Mom goggles. Those things were so great. I mean, they helped us see things like moms see things. Whatever happened to them? I definitely put them in a place I knew I would never forget. Great. Where are they? I forgot. <laughs> uh, computer phone. Order two pair of mom goggles. Ordering two pairs of mom joggers. Nope. Uh, no. Goggles. Mom goggles. young lady. I'm so confused on how I'm feeling. I don't even know why I'm angry, but it feels good to yell. What you're feeling is natural. You truly are a gift from God. And I hope you know I'm always here for you. You're the best dad in the world. I'm sorry I don't tell you that more often. <laughs> I'm like a man-child. in here, mister. How are you going to organize your life if you can't organize your sock drawer? First, it's unmatched socks. Then, unfinished homework. Then, kicked out of school. Next, <gasps> jail. <laughs> How does she process this every day? All right, one more time. Plastic bowls up top, face down, forks up, knives down, plates in the center, pots and pans we wash by hand. Now repeat it back to me. <laughs> no, I don't think the joggers make you look fat. <sighs> I've got my dad's thighs. Don't you need the goggles? Yeah. I've seen your mom do this so many times. You have a great mom, you know that. That's great. Mm. Can you hand me the barf bucket? No, okay, here, here we go. I got your cat out of the dryer. You're welcome. 
I don't own a cat. How do they do it? Cats? Moms. How do they do all of this without the goggles? They don't need them. Moms have this God-given ability. Yeah, it's like no matter what the circumstance, they always see the best version of what their kids can be. Moms are a little glimpse of heaven. It wasn't me! Praise God for moms, huh? <laughs> boy, uh, yeah, and, and boy, once again, happy Mother's Day. And to every mom here, um, uh, we got a, a special treat at the coffee bar for you. There, you. Be sure you get a rose before you leave the building, and then there's some chocolates also. So that's for the moms here. And, and, uh, and I should say this, too, for you, you uh, moms watching online, you know, we, we, we have a wonderful children's curriculum here, and, and, and it's all... And it's all on video, and, but it's available to you. So, so just contact the church, and you can get set up with that, and, and your kids can have children's church right at home. So, so boy, once again, happy Mother's Day. Um, it's my privilege to receive God's tithes and our offerings this morning. Uh, we got some ushers here, and if you're giving cash and would like a tax receipt, just raise your hand, and, and, and they'll give you that uh, an envelope so you get your receipt. Um, um, and if you're making out checks, why, it's Destiny Church. Um, uh, and I think our information is going to come up on the screen. There's even a number there where you can text to give, so a very convenient way. Um, but but you, know when, you know when we give, I always like to stand on a scripture verse. And, and what, one of my favorite verses about giving is Luke 6.38. The reason I like this so much, it's Jesus talking, and, and he makes it so simple. He says this, if you give, you'll get. And, and uh, that's the way the kingdom of God works. But the next thing he says is what I really like. It'll be, you'll, you'll get running over. And, you know, when God talks about running over, man, I, I know it's a whole lot bigger thing than our natural minds put together. It's big. And, and, and I mean, what, you know, it's so, it feels so great to give. I mean, wouldn't it be great to give somebody a car? Wouldn't that feel good? Or, or how about a house? I mean, you got your house paid for it. Why not buy a house for somebody else? See, it's running over when you give. Or a church. I mean, we got our church paid for it. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be good to build a church for somebody else? Man, the more churches, the, the better things get. Uh, so, man, if you give, you'll get, but it'll be running over. So, man, let's take our seeds in hand today. Uh, you know what we're giving, and, and we'll pray, believing for that running over harvest. God wants the very best for each one of us. So if you'll agree with me, man, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father God, for the opportunity of being your sons and your daughters. And as we sow this seed today, why we just stand on uh, your guarantee that if we give, we'll get, but it'll be running over. Man, we, we, we're here to advance your kingdom. We expect the running over. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, okay, ushers, you can serve the people. Um, 
Pastor Steve's got an awesome message for us today. Amen. Well, praise God. God's good. Well, you all look good to me. Happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers. We appreciate you all. And where would we be without mom, right? And uh, thank God for uh, great mothers. I, um, <clears throat> one time I was praying, and I felt like the Lord said to me, you are the product of prayer. And I thought, huh. I started thinking about that, and I thought about all the times that my, my mother prayed for me. My, of course, my father, too, but this is Mother's Day. My grandmother prayed for me, and I really believe that I am the product of prayer and the result of prayer. And, and you probably are, too. Somebody probably prayed for you a lot. and You maybe not even know it until you get to heaven. Someday you'll know it, but um, maybe you do know it. But thank God for a godly mother, godly grandparents, and uh, people that install, installed things in, input things into our lives. And uh, we are what we are today. And like that word that Dave had about passing on to future generations. You know, we're not going to be here forever. Amen. In fact, you're not getting out of here alive unless Jesus comes back. But um, if he tarries, we're all going to die. But people, our, our lives can live through other people if we impart to future generations. And that's one of the high goals of our church is to impart to generations so that the generations will experience God, not just be religious, but they'll have an experience with God. Because I, I really believe that's what Christianity is all about. It's not about religion. It's not about just rituals and, and different things like that. But it's about having an encounter with God, experiencing God personally. And, um, and we really emphasize that a lot. Because we believe that's what God wants. That's what the new covenant is all about. Um, you know, the Bible says that in the Old Testament, they went through a mediator, an uh, earthly mediator. But in the new covenant, uh, God said, every single one will know me personally. And that's the difference between the new and the old covenant. And so we want people to experience God personally. Well, I have a message here for you. I got I titled this message, Finding Purpose in the Mess. <laughs> Finding Purpose in the Mess. And, um, you know, it's like this. If, you, if a lady came to you, a young lady came to you and said, I want to be a mother. And, um, uh, you know, that's a noble thing, like I said, a noble uh, position. But when you think about being a mother, of course, you think about all these wonderful little kids. And, you're, you know, sometimes we dress our kids up and they look so good and they've got little rosy cheeks and they're so sweet. And they say clever things and heartwarming things and there's all those wonderful things that we think about when we think about having kids. But let's, re, let's get real. I mean, I've never talked to a mother yet that said, yeah, my child. I mean, basically, when I had the child, it just kind of fell out, you know. And, uh, and then it, it slept every night. It slept all, the whole night through. And, and uh, it never, hardly ever cried. And, and uh, you know, it was potty trained at age uh, six months. And... And, uh, you, know, you know, it's like that never happens. And what normally happens is some of the wildest things that you can imagine uh, happens, first of all, inside of you as a mother before you have that baby. And then while you're having the baby, we won't even get into that. And then once the baby's born, you think, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says that a woman has sorrow when she's, when she's giving birth to a baby. But she forgets the sorrow, the travail once the baby's born. But once the baby's born, it's not over it yet, is it? I mean, once the baby's born, then it's like 2 o'clock, it must eat. 
Three o'clock, it filled its diapers. Four o'clock, it can't sleep. Five o'clock, I mean, it's, it's like that night after night. I mean, there are good points, but when you get into the real world, there are some huge challenges being a mother. And I know you're thinking, well, you don't know. You're not a mother, but, I'm, but I live with a mother. <laughs> and, and I've had the privilege of uh, doing life with this gorgeous woman on the front row here is my wife. And next month, we'll be celebrating 45 years. And so, married, married bliss. But my, my point is, is that life, uh, motherhood, and life is messy. Amen. And, and, uh, and you, you have to commit yourself completely to it or it doesn't work. And that's how Christianity is also. You have to commit yourself completely in to it or it doesn't work. You know, there's a verse over here. I, I was going to do a whole different introduction, but um, I want you to turn to a verse in Exodus chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4, or chapter 3 rather, Exodus chapter 3. And this is when God came and he met with, Abra- or met with Moses in the burning bush. You guys remember that story? We won't go into a big story about it, but God comes down and he appears to, to Moses in the burning bush. And so Moses, I guess back in that days, people have said that in the desert, bushes would catch on fire, just catch on fire. And I guess it was a common thing. I guess it was so hot, hot as hell. And so bushes would just catch on fire. I I mean, I guess that's true. I don't know. But it's on the Internet, so it's got to be true. (laughs) But, um, But anyway, so in this case, what happened was, there's this bush, it caught on fire, and Moses looks, and the bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. And so because it wasn't being consumed, he thought, what's going on here? So he turned aside to, to look, and it says the Lord spoke to him out of the bush. And one of the things the Lord said out of the bush was this. Listen to this. It says, and God, so God says, I have come down to deliver them, my people, out of the hands of the Egyptians. And to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to, a, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Persites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And so this is what God said to Abraham, or God said to Moses. I might get that mixed up, but just know I'm talking about Moses. God said to Moses, I, I've come down. How many know that's a, that's a powerful promise? God says, I've come down. I mean, you could preach on that, couldn't you? God has come down. You could really work that, work that big. You know, God has come down. And that, that would be a powerful statement. God has come down. You got, woo, God has come down. And not only did God come down, but God came down for a purpose, to, to bring them to, to deliver, bring them out. So here's the word down, then the word out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up. God came down to take you out and bring you up. Isn't that powerful? That would preach, wouldn't it? And you could really work that. God, because God came down in the person of Jesus to take you out of bondage and to bring you up to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ. So you could really preach that. It would be a powerful sermon. But when I read that, see, I told you one time that, that my blood type is A negative. So when I look at things, I always find the negative in it. So I look at this beautiful promise. God came down. 
God came down just like motherhood. It's, it's wonderful. Motherhood is awesome. But then I always think of the time that, you know, you know when, you're, when you're sitting there and, and the kids are quiet, that's a dangerous time. So you think they're quiet and you think, oh, they're playing well with each other. No, they're not. Their little minds are thinking. They, they're in something they shouldn't be in. And then you go in there in the bathroom and it's like, Toilet paper everywhere, and somebody didn't flush the toilet. We won't go into that. And, I mean, it's a horrible mess. And that quietness was really a warning sign to you that you should have checked with them earlier. Because they found a paint can that wasn't, the cover wasn't put on right. And so they decided to do some home decorating in, in the bedroom. And they decided that the carpet should match the walls. And so they took the paint and they painted the f carpet as well as the walls. Right? Welcome to parenthood. You know, I remember when my wife and I, I'm going to get back to this verse. My wife and I, we, uh, you know, we, when we first got married, you know, we were kind of involved in the end time prophecy, you know, that Jesus was coming back and the Antichrist was taken over. And, and so we basically didn't have, and, and they predict, I read um, Al Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, right after I got saved. And so he predicted that we would not be here past 1981. He was wrong. <laughs> and everyone that's predicted since then have been wrong. We're still here. But one of the reasons why we didn't want to have kids was because, you know, we, we, were, we were told that, you know, things are going to get horrible. It's going to get horrible. You ain't going to have water to drink, no water to drink, no food to eat. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. And they would tell us all this stuff. And so we thought, well, we can't bring kids into the world. So we didn't even talk about having kids until after 1981, because when I figured out they were wrong, <laughs> I thought we could have kids. But here's the other kind of uh, hurdle that I didn't, why I didn't want to have kids. First of all, I didn't think I was that great of a, I didn't think I'd be that great of a father, and, uh, and that's up to bait still. That's, we're still working on whether or not that's going to turn out well or not, but, but um, but the other thing is, I didn't want to change poopy diapers. Because I had friends that had children. I know this is shallow. I, I know you, you're looking at me. I, I feel the judgment. And you're looking at me, what a shallow person you are. But I, I had friends that had kids, and they'd have poopy diapers. And, and they, were always, they didn't want to change them until they made sure they were done. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't want to waste diapers. I want to make sure they're done with their business. And I'm over there going, <coughs> can, can, we, can you maybe hit this guy? Could you maybe, I'll pay for the extra diaper if he does it again. Just, can we get rid of this? I mean, because I had this incredible smeller. I could smell things. I mean, I, I could have been, uh, uh, I could have been hired out as a uh, drug enforcement person uh, for smelling out contraband at airports. But I, I didn't want to. So I said to my wife, not that. I'm saying I didn't want to have kids. Come on, stay on track with me here. So, so I, I said to my wife, I said, okay. She, she goes, well, I think we should have kids. I, I don't think the Antichrist is coming yet. And I said, well, okay, we, we can have kids. But I don't want to change diapers. And she goes, okay, you don't have to change any diapers. She said that to me. You know how long that lasted? You know how many diapers I've changed? 
Do you know how many clothes I've washed? Do you know how many houses I've cleaned? Do you know how many dishes I've washed? You know, I've, I, sometimes I go, I'm getting too close to the female line here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back. You know, it's, that's how I feel sometimes. It's like Miss, Miss Susie Homemaker or whatever. But there's a reality to life that, that is, that is we, we, say it, we say it like it's just perf- everything's perfect. But how many know there's a reality to life that isn't perfect? And like this, this promise, so I've come down to deliver them. Isn't that just powerful? Out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up from the land to a good land, a large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the rest of the people. I'm, I'm going to bring them, I'm going to take, I'm, I've come down, God said, I've come down to take them out and to bring them up. I just think that's an amazing pro- promise. And it sounds so good, land flowing with milk and honey. But when I read that, because like I said, I have a negative bent, I read that, I go, I see problems all over that verse. Amen. Because I look at, okay, so the, the Israelites are free labor to the Egyptians. What are the Egyptians thinking about this? Well, we don't care what they think. Well, they're going to say something about this, right? And what about, the, what about the milk and honey? I mean, milk doesn't just fall out of the sky, right? Milk comes from what? Cows. Cows leave these gigantic cow pies, Right? So you're going to have to deal with cow pies, big ones, not little ones, but big ones. And honey comes from what? Bees, and bees who have what? Stingers. So all I see is manure, and I see sting being stung. That's all I see in this whole scenario. And then what about, I'm going to bring you up to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites. Well, what do the Canaanites think about this? Are they just going to go, oh, you're here? God, God wants you to be in the land? Okay, well, we'll just leave. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen either. I see a lot of uh, mess in this situation. I see a lot of struggle. I see a lot of opposition. And I see this, that something's going to happen to these people, this, this group of slaves. Something's going to happen to them by the time they get to the land of the hip. Canaanites, by the time they possess the land, they're going to have to be totally transformed or they're not going to make it. And I think that motherhood, isn't motherhood transform people? I mean, it absolutely transforms your life. I mean, and there's a lot, I'm not, I'm painting a negative picture, but I'm just saying that we have to stick with it until the end. How many can see what I'm saying? And that's how, that's how the promises of God are. We have to stick with the promises of God. We can't give up on them. We have to stick with things until the end. We can't draw back. We can't say, well, I'll be with it until it gets messy. I can't say, I'll be a, I'll be a mother until the kid uh, has a blowout. You know, you know what a blowout is? When it has a blowout, uh, I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out. I'm leaving. You can't do that. You have to stick with it in the good times and bad times until you produce a darling little champion for Jesus. Isn't that right? And it's going to be worth it someday. It's going to be worth it someday. And I tell you this, it's true of the promises of God. It's going to be worth it some days if you stick with it no matter what happens. You know, I remember when I first were coming to this area to start this church. 
I had several, I was in different meetings and I had three times I had somebody who was prophetic come up to me and say, God's going to take your life and he's going to turn you upside down. And, and uh, I don't remember all of it, but all I just remember, he's going to turn you, totally turn you upside down. And I thought, and that happened three times. And it was almost the same prophecy. You're going to be totally turned upside down. And I thought, I don't think that's good. <laughs> that sounds like bad to me. I mean, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like at the very least, it sounds uncomfortable. Because I like to be right side up. And, he, and, and the word was, you're going to just be turned upside down. And you know what happened? I was turned upside down. <laughs> And, and you have to stick with things no matter what. You've got to stick with situations no matter what. You've got, you got to stay at it. You, got to have, you can't have a drawback spirit. You can't have a I quit or I give up. You have to stay with stuff because when you stay with stuff, you stick with stuff, it produces good fruit. You know, because God loves little, God loves little things. God loves big things that start with little things. God loves seeds. You know, Jesus said this. He said, to his disciples, if you have faith as the grain of a as as the faith as the grain of a mustard seed, mustard seed faith, and I, I hear a lot of people translate that as that 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 is the size of faith that you have. But actually, he said he didn't say the size of a grain of mustard seed. He said if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, can you put that picture of a mustard seed up there? That's the size of a mustard seed. It's not very big. Can you put the tree up there now? That's the tree. That seed grows into that. And that's what Jesus said. But notice, notice what he said. He didn't say the size of a grain of mustard seed. He said the faith as a grain of mustard seed. What does that mean? That means if you plant a grain of mustard seed, it'll grow into that. In other words, he said your faith will grow into that. But it starts with something small. It starts with something little. And if you despise the day of small things, what happens is you'll never arrive at that. That's why you have to stick with things. You've got to have a stick with it type attitude, a stick with it type spirit. You have to, have, you have to say to some people, no matter what, I don't quit. I don't give up. I don't draw back. I don't stop. I just keep going. I can get knocked down, but I'll get back up again. You can knock me down 100 times, I'll get back up 100 times. I'm never going to quit. That's the kind of attitude that you have... That's the kind of spirit that you have to have about yourself. That I just don't quit. I don't give up. I don't draw back. You know, it's interesting. In John chapter 12, just turn over there if you will. Jesus was talking here about his own, his own life. He said there were some, some Greeks that came to Philip and said, we want to see the Lord. We want to see Jesus. We would see Jesus. And and so Philip came to Andrew and said, they want to see Jesus. So they came and they told Jesus, there's some people that want to see you. And then Jesus made this statement in John chapter 12. Jesus replied, now is the time, now the time has come, the Son of Man, to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their lives in this world will lose it, 
Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. See what he's saying here? He's saying that a seed, and here he's picturing his own life. And he's also picturing the lives of every one of his followers. If a seed stays in its original form, it produces nothing. So you might be like, I'm, I'm a beautiful seed. Look at me. Don't I look wonderful? Yeah, but as long as you stay in that, that form, your, your life's going to produce nothing. I mean, I'm talking for the kingdom of God. Your life's going to pr- produce nothing. But, you, but what he's saying here is he's saying that, but if you allow your life, if you allow your life to be planted in the purposes of God, and if you allow your life to stay planted in the purposes of God, so, and just think about the seed. Now, here's the seed. He's in, it's in the package with a bunch of other seeds. We're all like, we're all together. Ain't we sweet? Ain't we wonderful? Then all of a sudden, the farmer or the gardener grabs one of them. What's going on here? What's going on here? And shoves it in a dark, wet, moist ground. And the seed's going, what now? Everybody, what, what is this? What's going on here? With, what's going on with my life? Everything's, all this dirt is piling on me. All this stuff is weighing me down. All this trouble, all this difficulties on top of me. What is happening here? But you know what, what's going to start happening? What is inside you will start being revealed. What is inside you will start being revealed. You know, when, when, and that's what parenting is all about. Parenting is all about revealing what is inside of children. The Bible says, train up children in the way they should go. In other words, what, what is the seed or what is the gift or what is the talent that God's placed inside of them to cultivate something that's inside of them? And that takes drawing things out. It takes them being in situations where there's actually pressure. You know, sometimes us parents, we're too protective. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Do you remember, I mean, I, I don't want to belabor this point, but do you remember when we were kids? Some of you older people, do you, not old people, but older people. Do you remember when we were kids? I mean, we had our kids in the car and car seat. What's that? We didn't wear, we didn't wear seat belts. They weren't in car seats. Are you kidding me? They were flying. Every time we hit the brakes, they went flying around. We'd go around a corner fast. They'd all fly to one side of the car. They'd lay in the back window of the car. Do you remember that? And look up. You got good at doing this, so when they came flying forward, you could stop them from hitting anything. Right? I think seatbelts are a good idea. I think they're a terrible law. I just, I just, I don't like it as a law. I like it as a good idea. You see, I know you think I'm a rebel, but. But it's a good idea. It's just a bad law. I, I got to get off that subject, Right? But we can become overly protective, even of ourselves. Sometimes people need to struggle. Sometimes people need to strive. Sometimes people need to push forward. Sometimes people have to have a no-quit attitude. Sometimes people have to rise up. Something has to come alive inside of them. Sometimes people have to step up, and they got to rise, and the Spirit of God needs to come over them so they can come and seize the day. There has to be something in us that 
that arises at this time, especially that we're living in. There has to be something that arises in us. And God called you to live at this time, and that something is inside of you. He wouldn't put you here on planet Earth at this time if you didn't have what it takes to be an overcomer. When God, when God said, I've come down, I've come down to bring them out. And to bring them up, he said, I don't care what the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Jebusites, the whateverites, I don't care what all those ites say, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if you'll work with me, we'll do it together. And God is looking for some people that will work with him in these last days and that will do great things and do exploits for God. It's not for the time for us to draw back. It's not for time for us to just to live a shimmy, shimmy life. It's time for us to become real bold and become dynamic and realize that the greater one lives inside of us. There's something in us that will cause us to overcome in every situation. God's coming down, people. God's coming down. He's coming, coming to draw us. Excuse me for getting excited. Let me just get excited for just a couple more minutes and then I'll stop. But he, God came down to pull them out and to lift them up. God's come down to, God's come down to pull you out. It sounds like an exercise uh, uh, method, doesn't it? Down, out, up. Let's do it. Down, out, right? Sure, you're going to have to deal with manure. You don't get milk without manure. There's a verse in Proverbs that said, where there are no oxen, the stalls are clean. But you don't got no milk either. If you want milk, you got to have, well, I guess it's not oxen, is it? Cows. Cows, you want milk, you got to have cows. Some of us are quitting on things we should never quit on. Yeah, but it's getting tough. Stop quitting. There's something in you that can cause you to overcome. But that seed will never know that what's in them will never know its potential as long as it's in the, in the seed bag. We want to stay in the seed bag. But we have to allow ourselves to be planted. Got to get dirty. Yeah, this is, this is tough. It's a hard situation. It's a hard relationship. Get dirty. It's, this is difficult. I don't know if I can do this. Get dirty. Allow yourself to be planted in the purposes of God. Do not have a casual, shimmy, shimmy attitude about the purposes of God. The children of Israel, you know, I mean, it's, it was quite a, quite a thing God wanted to do. And they had to, they had to go a complete transformation from what they were to something totally different. Because what they were, they were slaves. The thing about slaves, slavery is not just a physical thing. It is a physical thing, but it's not just a physical thing. It's a mental thing. It's an emotional thing. You get, you get beat down. Your life is not your own. You lose all your independence. You don't call your own shots. It's a horrible thing. It's never the way God intended people to be. And that those slaves came out of Egypt. God came down, and he... He upset that whole Egyptian society. He brought them to their knees and they let the people go. He brought them out. 
He, brought, he came down. He brought them out. But then he couldn't bring that, next, that first generation in because they didn't allow themselves to be transformed. See what happens when, when God's done. You as a seed look nothing like you look like when you're a plant. I mean, look at, look at that. Put that buster seed back up there again. Look at that. There you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, there you are. You like you. I'm so cute and chatty. Ain't I spectacular? I just glow, don't I? Oh, you're a black little speck. Put the tree up there. There you there. That's what's inside of you. That's inside of you. That's inside of you. That's what's inside of you. You just got to let yourself be planted in the purposes of God. You got to let yourself and, and don't and don't get out of the ground and run away. Let yourself be planted. You know, Paul told Timothy, he said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When we allow ourselves to be planted, you know, Paul said at the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. He said, my life, Paul said, my life was poured out in service. I mean, Paul traveled the world and then he ended up in prison for a couple of years. Think about this, in prison for a couple of years. But instead of going, woe is me, everything's terrible, it's, it's horrible, he started writing letters to churches and that's what we read. In other words, he's dead, but he's still, to this day, he's still speaking to us through the letters that he wrote because he didn't allow himself to be a victim. He declared himself to be a victor. He wouldn't quit. He wouldn't quit. He wouldn't remain in that state as a little seed, but he pushed forward so that he could become a tremendous tree, a tremendous blessing. You have... I'm going to close my message because it's a good, pretty good message. So I want you to remember that, that exercise movement. God came down, down, out, up. Remember that. God came down in the person of Christ to bring you out, but not just bring you out, but to bring you up. God wants to bring you up. There's something inside of you that God wants to be released in the earth. You live at this time so you could release that. There's something in you that's greater than what's out there in the world. There's destiny all over you. Amen. I want you to stand with me, if you would. You know, I wrote this down in my notes. Every woman in here if they see this right, they need to say, I'm changing the world one poopy diaper at a time. <laughs> you say, oh, come on. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, little things are big things. The little things that nobody sees becomes the big things that everybody wants. The little things that nobody sees becomes the big things that nobody wants. That everybody, what did I say? Nobody wants? Everybody wants. 
Your life is precious. Turn to your neighbor and say, your life's precious. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice, and say, I'm looking at a world overcomer. <laughs> tell, tell your other neighbor, I'm looking at a world overcomer. Tell them that. Tell your first neighbor, you might just be in seed form, but there's greatness in you. Amen. Praise God. Let's sing this song together and I'll close. Here's my life as a sacrifice. I'll be the incense, the sweetest fragrance. Holy yours, Just to you, Lord, cause I, your temple, a dwelling place for you, and Lord, make my
God, thank you, Jesus. We are yours, Lord. You know, Jesus said, let me just read it again. Those who love their lives in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in the world will keep it until life eternal. See, you can't be just a little bit in. You got to be all in. You can't be like, Lord, I'll give you just this little bit, but I'm going to retain the rest of my life for me. It won't work. You're not a seed that's planted. You're a seed that's still in the bag. But the world is waiting for you to be all in. I'm waiting for you to be all in. And maybe that takes some process, but we go... Every one of us here in this room are probably facing difficulties of some shape or form. And the answer to that difficulty is be all in. When you're all in, what happens is the difficulty doesn't defeat you. The difficulty reveals the Christ in you. Something starts to emerge out of your life. That's what Paul was talking about. That's why he said that he gloried in trouble. It's going, to be, it's going to reveal something that would never be revealed any other way. Seeds are never revealed when they're in the package. Seeds are revealed when they're planted. Your life has to be planted in the purposes of God. Then what's in you is revealed. Amen? Just close your eyes just for a minute. Lift one hand and just say, Lord, plant me in your purposes. Come on, say it with a strong voice. Lord, plant me in your purposes. Lord, say it one more time. Lord, plant me in your purposes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're going to go from being that little speck to that big, beautiful tree. Someday we're all going to be able to sit underneath the shade of that big, beautiful tree and say, thank you. Thank you for allowing your life to be planted. Thank you. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them thank you. So I want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. First of all, I don't know if I said happy Mother's Day, but hey, happy Mother's Day. Was this a Mother's Day sermon or what? <laughs> Someone goes, I don't get the connection. Oh, this is a Mother's Day. Mothers are in, interested in the development of their child. Jesus is interested in your development. But I want the prayer counselors to please come. And we'll just give you the opportunity to be prayed for. If you have a spiritual need, a physical need, uh, emotional, mental, just want somebody to agree with you, this is a good opportunity for you to be prayed for. So as soon as I dismiss, and remember, ladies, that we have a flower for the ladies, a rose, because you are incredible. We're so thankful for you. And we have a, a big, a huge candy bar. Your husband will have to carry it. It's so big. But no nibbling, guys. And there's some other stuff out there. I don't know what, I think they're getting ready for you. But thank you, ladies and, and men also. But thank you for coming today. It's been a joy to preach to you. And we will see you. There's some fellowship in the back. We'll see you next week. Be sure and come forward if you need prayer. God bless you all. Happy Mother's Day.